Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Hi, I'm Kim Salmon. I'd like to have a quick word about uh, public radio, particularly 3CR. The thing about public radio is that it's more open than the more formatted types of radio to what's going on around it. So when you listen to it, you're more likely to hear a reflection of real life. And 3CR being in the heart of Smith Street, Collingwood, is a particularly good example of what I'm talking about. If you'd like to uh, subscribe, the number is 94198377. A Zen teacher saw five of his students returning from the market, riding their bicycles. When they arrived at the monastery and had dismounted, um, the teacher asked the students, why are you riding your bicycles? The first student replied, the bicycle is carrying this sack of potatoes and I'm glad that I do not have to carry them on my back. The teacher praised the first student. You're a smart boy. When you grow old, you will not walk hunched over like I do. The second student replied, I love to watch the trees and fields pass by as I roll down the path. The teacher commended the second student. Your eyes are open and you see the world. The third student replied, When I ride my bicycle, I'm content to chant Nammeo Renege Ku. The teacher gave his praise to the third student. Your mind will roll with the ease of a newly trued wheel. The fourth student replied, Riding my bicycle, I live in harmony with all sentinel beings. Sentient beings. The teacher was pleased and said to the fourth student, You're riding on the golden path to non-harming. The fifth student replied, I ride my bicycle to ride my bicycle. The teacher sat at the feet of the fifth student and said, I am your student. As you pedal into this beautiful morning here in Melbourne on the 12th day of the 12th month, 2016, the sun is shining. I don't think there's any low cloud left at all. And you pedal along past blooming jacaranda trees and freshly mown grass. It's got the taste of summer in Melbourne. And along the ta- along with me on the tandem and my Zen teacher, 
this morning. <laughs> Faith. Good morning, Faith. Good morning, Val. Uh, a Zen proverb. I don't think it's all that too old. <laughs> Probably after some German count, tack two wheels to a wooden frame. It is a beautiful day out there. It, it is, is a great day to be on your bike. It was a great day yesterday mm. to be on your bike. And as anybody who's been riding along in Melbourne has noticed a huge increase in the number of people riding to work mm. back and forth just in two weeks. It's just uh, we finally seem to have tipped into some real spring weather rather than uh, that uh, cold, miserable stuff we were having before. And, and, yeah, you can definitely see it. Yeah, you still get a day where you need the long socks on. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Faith, bike moments. A bike moment. Which yeah. one? Um, Which one? Well, I mean, you, you touched on the jacaranda and this morning coming through Edinburgh Gardens with those young jacaranda trees they planted was it two years ago yeah so they i noticed they were just coming into flower but they'd also put on um the sprinkler so you you had one of those opportunities where if you timed it right you could get a a shower on the way although uh, i wasn't able to i'd started overtaking someone and was committed because someone was coming the other way so i couldn't slow down but uh, a sprinkler that made you think of summer does doesn't it backyard yeah I'm not sure if you ever remember. They used to make a hose that was a long, wide hose and had holes in it. Yep. And you'd lay it out in the backyard <laughs> and turn it up. But anyway, we digress. <laughs> Talking about timing, I had one of those, um, it's interesting, you can think of bike moments as long as you like. Sometimes you don't come up with one and some just present themselves in front of you. A little bit of a routine when I leave home, wheel the bike out, out the back gate, down the side, out to the front of the house. Uh, go back, lock the back gate, come out through the front of the house. Anyway, doing all that this morning, I forgot something, so I had to duck back into the house again. And I can't, I just walk out of a, it's not a driveway, it's just a front gate on the front of the house. And I'm just about to open the gate into the footpath, where along the footpath comes a speeding parent with their child on the bike tagged on the back and I thought for a sec ideas if I was two seconds earlier this could have been quite nasty oh, I tell you what I got a bit of a shock yeah anyway oh. anyway they were late for school obviously and had to rush along <laughs> ah, what's news in the bicycle world what's news there's um been a, another Everesting in Melbourne over the weekend, um, very local on uh, Bonds Road. That was done by Rishi Fox, who um, and I didn't get to see. I was I was checking out her Facebook page, Rishi Fox Endurance Cyclist, but um, I didn't manage to see how many laps she'd done. But I'm sure uh, once she's recovered, there'll be a bit of a write up about it. So, where is the street? Bonds Road, sort of um, like if you ride to Eltham, you'd. Oh, I know. know it. Yes, yep. I know. Yep. So not many. Trips yeah. Up and down. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Lower plenty, maybe. There we go. Around uh, there. Yeah. Um, what else? Now, um, somebody might have seen in the news Jack Bobridge, who was a um, professional cyclist and won two national road um, championships here in Australia and had won the uh, 2015 Tour d'Under as. Um, Retired from cycling. Um, Jack has been riding with uh, rheumatoid arthritis for five or six years, so probably it's caught up with him. Mm. The interesting part about this was um, I'm not sure if um, for those of us who uh, keep um, 
must admit, I don't keep much of an eye on it anymore. I just assume that um, athletes sometimes fall prey to things they shouldn't do. But anyway, the um, fancy bear um, dropper or uh, hacking of the one of the drug companies had shown up um, Jack Bodridge having what they call therapeutic use exemptions, and that was for a bit of cortisone to keep him riding. So we wish him the best in retirement. And I think we mentioned this last time, but we're all happy to say that New South Wales government is not pressing ahead with the need for cyclists to carry photo IDs on their bikes. Yeah, yes. And also from New South Wales, um, the announcement this week that uh, they're going to build new ramps and cycleways for Sydney Harbour Bridge. So instead of uh, carrying your bike up those stairs, Ah. that... that, uh, um, there'll be a 200-metre ramp built on the north side of Sydney Harbour Bridge. It's part of a $35 million funding from the state government. Um, a new dedicated cycleway will also be constructed from the southern end of the bridge to Kent Street in the central city, removing the need for cyclists to use roads or footpaths. So, interesting. Um, it's coming from the roads minister, who's, uh, not, you know... <laughs> Got a checkered history in terms of cycling support. Checkered history, pretty solid, really. But, um, and uh, it was announced by Bicycle New South Wales, who'd been working with the government to get that done for a while. Um, it has happened in the context where cycling has dropped in Sydney after the uh, increases in fines oh, and and the uh, enthusiastic policing of those fines. I think more than the in- increase only. It's um. Some, because they're mostly just in line with the ones we have in Victoria anyway. Yep. But they've been very enthusiastically enforced. Very little other crime in Sydney, of course. That's why they're, yeah. they're moving on towards... Yeah. Oh, in news that um, will break the hearts of a lot of people, Boris Johnson's been banned from riding his bicycle to work as the new foreign minister for England, <laughs> which I, I, I find particularly... Uh, Poor old Boris. Anyway, there's been a great history of um, Boris Johnson riding to work and not riding to work. There's a wonderful photo. I'm trying to remember where I saw it of Boris hurrying along to work on his bike, suit coat flapping, somebody riding the opposite way. And the photograph has captured the uh, cyclist going the opposite way with his back to the camera giving Boris a finger as, as Boris is grimly hanging onto the handlebars and driving for near death, driving for dear life, I should say. And follows, uh, I'm not sure if anybody would remember, but uh, I think it was sort of, uh, would have been mid last year, there were appeared a couple of photos of David Cameron riding to work, you know, setting a good example. Yep. Then it was revealed that there were two cars behind yes. him for the security <laughs> security um, patrol and his paperwork were in two cars. So <laughs> probably defeats the purpose a little bit. Uh, but good old those eccentric English people stepping up to the mark. Well, it's a shame uh, Boris won't be allowed to ride because his replacement mayor in London yep. has just announced £770 yes. million pounds to be spent on cycling initiatives in um he wants to make riding a bike the safe and obvious transport choice for all Londoners. Mm-hmm. So um, it does bring spending per head, per capita, 
in London to £17 per person, which is yep. getting close to the levels of the Netherlands and Denmark. Um, and among the plans proposed are two new cycle superhighways and um, some smaller infrastructure. It's 5.5% of the budget for transport for London. It makes a fascinating comparison, actually. I'm, just from this distance, I would think that London's been forced into providing infrastructure because they've been swamped with bikes. I think it's, it's because they, they need to manage cars. Cars, yeah. And, and similar to the city of Melbourne, both cities have long ago got to the point where they realised they can't have more cars coming yeah. in. Um, public transport is the next thing, but I think one, the city of Melbourne has had the issue for a while that public transport is over capacity and the city of London, I think, is in a similar position and the city of Melbourne are now developing their pedestrian strategies yeah. to encourage people who are only going within the city to move around by foot yeah. or bike. Um, but, yeah, I don't think it's really about being swamped by bikes. It's to <laughs> prevent themselves being swamped. By traffic. By, and, and they're also having um, – I will just find it here. Um, I think there was something also about pollution in London, but, yeah. I would imagine. I mean, they've started. They've got a congestion they've tax. They've got a congestion. They've started tax, with all yeah. these things, and people have made. And um, in a lot of businesses and councils, you actually get a reward for riding your bike. So they've actually made it financially rewardable for yeah. people to ride bikes. And I think they're probably where I'm coming from is people have taken them up on this and yes. now realised they've got no infrastructure for this large number of cyclists. Yeah. Now they're spending the money. Whereas um, um, the histories of the Netherlands and Denmark are a little bit different, but here we've sort of we've got the, still got the notion of build it and they will come. Mm. You know, we're hoping that if we build the infrastructure yep. and the cycling rates will go up when we build the infrastructure. Yeah, London particularly is interesting because it's just so taken off. Yeah. Well, and they they did build a few cycleways, but the problem was that the connections and the intersections yep. and the roundabouts were still managed in the old way, and that's sort of happening here too. And that's where they've had so many deaths in London, especially with lorries and that. Oh, no. And it's at those points, so it's that sort of story where you can get three-quarters of your trip done on a separated cycleway. And do the last bit. And then... Uh, the last bit you meant still negotiating very old school traffic situations. No, it was one of Boris's failings. I must admit they had an awful week when about four people yes. died and, and uh, the roads. Anyway, what else is news? Amanda Stone has been um, elected, appointed the mayor of Yarra, the new mayor of Yarra. So 2017 is going to be an interesting year in the city of Yarra. We now have four Greens on the council and... Um, Stephen Jolly, the uh, One Socialist Alliance candidate. So they've already made a little bit of uh, noise and by advocating they have a ceiling on development inside Yarra, which uh, is the start of what will occupy Melbourne and Yarra for a long time to come, I would imagine. Yes, yeah, ongoing. Ongoing. And uh, bringing things closer to home, some local news for uh, those who are getting around in Yarra and the Edges. The Merry Creek Bridge uh, between Russell Station and Walker Street, that very narrow, long yes. bridge, um, 
will be closed in early 2017 from January to April. So quite a significant time. Um, and that's so that Darabin Council can do some work on the embankment there to stabilise the slope. So that means that the only way to get onto the creek path at that point will be that underpass under Russell Station or ride around a bit further and get on at one of the other intersections. But you can find a lot more detailed information about that at the Yarrabug website, yarrabug.org, um, and there's the whole uh, news item from Darabin Council about the works there and a map. Now, from the very local to the very far away and something that might happen to the near future... We have a... Oh, no, I'll give you a bit of background in this. In the 1980s, Taiwan purposely went out of their way to ensure that bicycling manufacturing became the centre, or they became the centre of bicycle manufacturing in the world. And they were very, 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 very uh, successful at this, and the majority of all bicycles in the world in those years were made in Taiwan. As we move to the... 80s and a little bit later when China started to compete against Taiwan as a far and making bicycles, the Taiwanese made a deliberate effort to steer away from the low-cost manufacture of bicycles and just do high-end stuff. So we're speaking about Colnago, Giant, or that great French company, Giant, I call them, uh, Specialised and Trek. All the high-quality stuff was made in Taiwan. What is going to happen if... Mr. Trump <laughs> excites a trade war with Taiwan. It's really quite interesting. Well, you know, production of high-end quality bikes could be put under pressure. Yes. <laughs> All sorts of things could be put under pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, a butterfly flaps its wings yes. in Florida and look what look happens what to my happens. bicycle. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be right back after this message. CR has all kinds of music programs for you to hear. From blues to hip-hop, reggae, classical, punk, jazz, soul, indigenous, experimental, indie, metal and other music styles. Check out 3cr.org.au on the World Wide Web for more info. You're back listening to the Yarrabug program here on 3CR. It's either beaming to you out of that tranny in the kitchen, you're streaming on the web, or maybe you're waiting to listen to it when you're at home and you're podcasting. When man invented the bicycle, he reached the peak of his attainments. He was a machine of precision and balance for the convenience of man. And, unlike subsequent inventions for man's convenience... The more he used it, the fitter his body became. Here, for once, was a product of man's brain that was entirely beneficial to those who used it, and of no harm or irritation to others. Progress should have stopped when man invented the bicycle. That's from Elizabeth West, from the novel Hovel in the Hills. Just an interesting one again. 
And before we go into some of the um, upcoming events that people might be interested in, you mentioned timing and the significance of importance of timing, Val. Um, on the weekend, I went with a few friends to ride up Lake Mountain, and we decided instead of just going straight into it from Marysville, we'd park at Buxton. Yep. And there's a nice road from Buxton to Marysville, so we thought that'll give us a warm-up. And uh, So we had a lovely ride along there, and we turned left at the roundabout, and I think we got maybe 500 metres up the hill before coming across a barrier and a gentleman in high vis, which is saying that the, the road was closed for one of only two weekends in the year. <laughs> for a car rally. For a what? A car rally. There you go. At first we thought, look, if it's joggers, we could still go. But um, it was some sort of tarmac. Uh, Warrior. Uh, yes. Yeah. It didn't seem like a good idea. So, yeah, all the way to Buxton just to turn around and mm. ride back. Yeah. And if you now you're bringing up timing, there's if you can steal yourself to watch it, there and it's not too bad. I've got to say, there's a video on um, bikes. Uh, even Weiss's great blog, bike uh, snob. Yeah. Yep. Uh, somebody obviously had a helmet cam on. Uh, I think there are four of them riding down. Obviously not pedaling on a descent. Go to turn left. One bloke goes wide. Car comes around the corner. It's a little bit. Nobody was hurt in it, so that's good. But it's an interesting way to look at what happens actually yeah. when some things come along. How some people turn left and some people go right to go around the car. Yeah, it was really quite fascinating. Yeah, there seems to be a bit of rush of count of using the bicycle lanes to counter move in this Melbourne lately. I've seen about three or four incidents, even one this morning. Yeah. Somebody riding counter-direction up Higher Street ah. in Richmond. Because <laughs> I've always wondered why we don't do that here. <laughs> it's, um, I, I noticed just in Phnom Penh there's a lot of uh, counter-traffic. Yeah, yeah. But it, there it's because it's impossible to get to the other side of the road. So if you, you're only going a few blocks, it's safer probably. Just to stay on your side and go that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know where it's coming from, but obviously, I mean, bicycles are good because they go to places other people can't go. Well, I had someone argue about how it's um, actually safer and that, but that only uh, works if you don't have a mass cycling culture. As no. soon as that bike lane's full of people, it's... Yeah, it's, it's yeah. off. Yeah. It's, so it only works, yeah, in uh, places where cyclists are still... Uh, um, now, exception. If, if you need to do something in the next couple of weeks, which obviously we all do, apart from hunting down Christmas presents for your nearest <laughs> and dearest, you finish your Christmas shopping. And uh, you're looking to relax. Um, then one thing you can do, the Morart uh, bike rides run by the Squeaky Wheel are coming up for their final event, which is a really nice one. It's the night ride on December the 15th. And uh, this is when the City of Moreland has invited artists to transform public spaces alongside and around the upfield bike path. And you get to go on a ride exploring some of those art installations. And the night ride explores a lot of the ones that are um, involve light and are going to uh, be effective at night. And... You can this particular run on December the fifteenth. They'll be joining with the uh, Lighten Upfield project, which is uh, 
running regularly from out of the silo with projector bike and um, is about celebrating some community work that's been done to lighten the upfield bike path with solar powered lights um, and projector bike will be running one of their little mini uh, film festivals so if you want to join the More Art Night Ride and then join up with Light and Upfield, it's Thursday, 15th of December from 8 till 10pm, starting from Coburg Railway Station. And you can register, it is for free, but you do need to register at thesqueakywheel.com.au. And coming up in the longer term, if you're uh, starting to make some plans for next year, Catherine Devaney's uh, Pushy Women show has been announced, the date. It's going to be March the 26th. And this show always sells out. Um, so there's early bird tickets on sale at the moment. Um, and it'll be held at Trades Hall in Carlton. And you can find the details for that at thesqueakywheel.com.au. How long's... Um I dips me lid to a couple of things. Pushy Women's been going for, what, five or six years now? It's got to Sorry. be more, yeah. It's got to be more. It's, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> you know, even though I was involved in organising it last year, I cannot remember. Um, I think it might be coming up to – oh, no, it's coming up for the 10th show. The 10th, 10th anniversary. And it sells out every time. Every year. And every year she has a group of amazing women talking yep. about their experiences on bikes. and And sometimes it's – you know, from women who don't ride as a normal part of their lives. Sometimes it's been professional cyclists yep. um, and really entertaining, great stories and no. it's a great day. And the Squeaky Wheel will probably also organise a ride to the event closer, but um, it's it's going to be really good again. And at Trades Hall in Carlton. It's yep. a great venue. Great venue. There's a bar. A little bit of history. Yeah. Look at the bullet holes on the stairway on the yep. way up. Join a union. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, let's, look, local bicycle stuff is interesting because, I mean, there are a couple of these things, like the pushy women and squeaky mm. wheel. Sometimes those things last for three or four years and then fade away. But all these things are going on going and on, on and on. on. Yep. Yeah. And you can say that there's been a lot of uh, in diff- all the different genres of cycling yep. stuff that started <coughs> in the last 10 years, but it all has mostly endured. Yeah. Not like yep. recumbent bicycles. <laughs> oh, no, it's interesting. You, I mean, 10 years ago, there were a lot of recumbents around Melbourne. Now it's like playing spotto with them. Yep. You just don't see them very often. They're not around. Maybe it's the shame. Well, the socks and sandals probably that get you in the end. I, I dare say it. cycling is a very broad church. It is. It and is. it will come to us all, Val. Yes. I, I, I often think I will be riding one of them one day when everything gives out. So. With a harsh back pedal break. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, that's all we've got time for today. As usual, we're going to remind you that 3CR um, is run by volunteers and the Yarrabug radio show is run by volunteers and 3CR relies on the support of its listeners to uh, stay on the air and give cyclists a voice on the air. So if you'd like to make a donation or subscribe to the station, you can do that at 3cr.org.au. Coming up next is Dirt Radio. 
Y'all know y'all know how to kick it out. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.